Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and a very warm welcome to episode 99 of the Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host, and this episode was recorded on Saturday the 7th of May 2022. You heard right, episode 99. We're just one episode away from the Big 100, and I have to say, when I started this podcast, I had no idea how long it would go for, whether it would even make it up to 10 episodes, and uh, I honestly thought we'd have come out of the pandemic a lot sooner, so things have evolved a little differently than... I maybe thought of at the time, but uh, I'm glad to be with you, and I'm glad that you're still listening, and I'm glad that you really do uh, enjoy the show. And uh, thank you to all of you that do contribute, that get in touch via the website, and we welcome anybody to do so. If you've got a listener question, or if you uh, have a uh, thought on a cruise that you've just been on or are about to go on, um, you can, of course, get in touch via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and in the top right-hand corner, click on Join the Show. Also, thank you to those of you that are listening, liking, and subscribing in your various podcast directories. It is very much appreciated and helps to uh, helps people to find us in a nutshell um, on those podcast directories. Uh, but I think it's time we get straight onto it. We'll get Chris on the line. We've got an amazing listener question from Stephen Auckland. So let's get Chris on the line and uh, let's start talking all things cruise. <laughs> to share the podcast on your favourite social media channels. And once again, it's great to welcome back our good friend and maritime historian, Chris Rame. Welcome back to the show, mate. Hey, Baz. Good to be back. Yeah, good to be chatting and uh, not having to stitch together a little bit of audio, which is always oh, good. You did great last week. Probably Thank one you. of the highest you. rated podcasts ever with you as the solo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just giddy with excitement because we're getting so close now to the Australian cruise industry reopening, so it's getting very exciting. Exactly. End of May, and we will, of course, be welcoming uh, Pacific Explorer uh, with her first guests out of Sydney, and uh, the excitement is certainly building all around Australia for that. But, of course, we've got lots to get through today, Chris. We're starting off with a great listener question, and it's a Mm. question close to my heart, but I know you know all the answers because you always do. Steve (laughs) in Auckland, very close to our shores here, has heard that the old liner, the Rotterdam, was preserved of a hotel. Is it true, and what makes this ship so special? We're, of course, talking about the Grand Dame. We are, yes. And, yes, it is true. She's there birthed in the city of Rotterdam, which is such a wonderful, fitting location for her to be. Um, the Rotterdam that we're talking about is actually the fifth ship in the Holland America fleet to, to carry that name. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Baz, you'll know her well. She she was a, a very um, sort of mainstay of the Holland America fleet from her launch in 1959 all the way through to uh, 1997, when she also then had a second career under a different owner before she was eventually retired from service. So the Rotterdam herself was originally, um, the idea for this ship was originally proposed back prior to World War II. Um, Mm. Holland America Lines um, had built a, a very sort of popular ship, the New Amsterdam, 
just before World War II. Um, but the, the war actually delayed uh, the construction of a running mate, which actually gave them an opportunity to rethink the whole project. And in the years after the war, they developed this design, which many, many passenger shipping companies that survived the, the onslaught of the jet had actually pioneered dual-purpose liners, which is a, mm-hmm. an ocean liner that can undertake pleasure voyages for cruising as well as traditional line voyages. Mm-hmm. So Rotterdam herself was designed to be able to do the transatlantic crossing, which is something that Holland America used to be quite popular on uh, remarkably. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet she spent most of her career cruising because she had that dual-purpose design. So she had the, the, the strengthened um, hull, a very fast uh, steam turbine power plant, but she also had lots of, you know, amenities for cruising, open open deck areas, um, lots of beautiful windows so you could see the view and that sort of thing. Um, the ship itself is quite a unique um, design. It has a pretty unique profile. It had um, it has to this day uh, a very sort of bold mast on top of the bridge, a single mast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two very thin pencil-like funnels that sat towards about two-thirds aft um, mm-hmm. that sat uh, next to each other, one on the port side, one on the starboard side with like a rod that kind of connected them up. So very different from all of the previous and all of the subsequent um, Holland America ships. Yeah. And interestingly enough, was originally painted in Holland America's um, grey hull, which was their famous livery from back in, um, well, throughout most of its history, actually, uh, yeah. which, which it wore until, until Carnival acquired Holland America. Uh, in 1989, and the ship moved across uh, to, well, she stayed with Holland America, but she moved across to Carnival Ownership, and the Holland America brand was revitalized with the new, well, then new uh, dark blue hull, and she wore that as well. Now, this ship itself um, uh, was actually launched or, or named by uh, Queen Juliana of the of the Netherlands, so she mm-hmm. had a, a famous um, a godmother, I suppose you can put it that way, um, she was launched in 1958, maiden voyage in 1959, and she sailed through with Holland America um, all the way through till um, the uh, 1990s when she was withdrawn from Holland America service and was actually sold to um, Premier Cruise Line, which you may remember. Um, it was a sort of a cheap and cheerful uh, cruise line that operated in the in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Interestingly enough, they had quite a few older ships that they had kind of given a new lease of life. So um, there was the old uh, um, Transvaal Castle, which operated with them. Um, uh, And they also had the Oceanic, which was a very famous dual-purpose ocean liner. Um, And all of the other ships in the um, Premier Cruising fleet, Baz, were, were repainted and renamed with a red hull, and they were named Big Red Boat, the Big Red Boat 2 and the Big Red Boat 3. <laughs> but, um, it's like Easy Cruise. Remember Easy Cruise 1 and Easy yeah, Cruise 2? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, 10 years ahead of that, but, that, you know, definitely, well, maybe not 10 years, but definitely it was pioneering it. And, and you can see pictures. Just just Google it. Um, mm-hmm. You can see the Big Red Boats and they're, they're wearing this bright red hull. Um, and interestingly enough, Rotterdam didn't become a Big Red Boat, but she was actually renamed Rembrandt and uh, sailed under that name with her dark blue livery. I think probably somebody in some part of Premier Cruises said, look, this ocean line is going to look ridiculous with a red, with a red hull. <laughs> or maybe they just didn't get around to it because Premier Cruises ultimately collapsed um, and the ship was laid up. 
Um, and then, of course, in um, 2000, I think 2004, maybe, um, she was moved to Gibraltar and then was eventually acquired to be brought back to uh, Rotterdam, where she was renamed Rotterdam and opened up to the public as a hotel in 2010. So she's been operating for 12 years. And, you know, they've done such a wonderful job at restoring her. She's She looks like she did when she was in service with her original color scheme. All of her beautiful original interiors have been recreated, uh, lovingly restored. And when you look at the way that this ship's been restored versus what has happened with Queen Mary in uh, Long Beach and, of course, QE2 mm. in Dubai, they haven't made any like major dramatic changes to the design of the ship and yet she remains so well loved and what a perfect place for her to, to see out her retirement as a hotel in the city that she's named after. Yeah, she's. I guess she's the kind of flagship of uh, historical hotels slash museums because they, they have done a very, very good job. I haven't actually been on board, but I know a lot of people that have and say she is absolutely spectacular and well yeah. worth either an overnight stay or a little day visit to, to find out some of the, the beauty of her. Um, have you been on yourself, Chris? No, I haven't, but I, I've got some friends, um, QE2 fans actually, <laughs> that are friends of mine, mm-hmm. um, including uh, Rob Lightbody, who who's very well connected in the QE2 world. He actually runs a QE2 history forum and he's been on board a number of times and just sort of um, he did some video and some photographs, but but pointed out just how well this ship's been restored to its original design, rather than having to have it recreated into something new, mm-hmm. um, which is wonderful, you know, to see something that's been so lovingly looked after. And interestingly enough, of all of the ships that sailed for Premier Cruises, um, uh, the Rotterdam is the only one that didn't uh, end up getting scrapped. Yeah, exactly. Um, and another little nod for anybody that's a big fan of Holland, of Holland America and its history, the original Holland America offices in Rotterdam are now a hotel as well, and uh, I believe it's the mm-hmm. Hotel New York. And apparently they've done a really good job. The lobby um, still has lots of uh, artifacts and things that you can find uh, around the building uh, reflecting its history and uh, oh, its little nod to, to Holland America as well. So well done to all. Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. And also thanks uh, to our listener there for sending through that great question. Um, If you have got a question, of course, you can send one in via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. And in the top right-hand corner, click on Join the Show. And uh, we look forward to trying to answer those for you. Chris, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with Cruise News. Sounds great. It's me again. Just wanted to thank those of you that have supported us via Buy Me A Coffee. Um, if you're not familiar with that uh, system, it's a little bit like Patreon, where you can support your favorite YouTuber or artist. Um, we use Buy Me A Coffee, which is basically because we love coffee. Um, and in a nutshell, you can donate the cost of a coffee, about four Australian dollars, or multiple coffees if you prefer. Um, and in return, you receive priority access to all of the podcasts. So it doesn't matter where you listen to your podcast. If you support us via Buy Me A Coffee, you will receive an email every week um, just saying the new podcast is live and available. Here's the link, or listen to it in your favorite podcast. And uh, it gets to you about... 12 to 24 hours before anybody else gets access to it so it's a, a great little bonus there and uh, once again it's about four Aussie dollars um, one coffee multiple coffees you decide but every little donation is greatly appreciated and just a reminder you can find the link uh, to buy me a coffee in the show notes on the website and uh, also via the buy me a coffee app thanks in advance
Okay, Chris, we've got uh, some nice news. In fact, it's very Australia-centric this week. Let's kick off with one which I'm sure is very, very close to your heart Mm. because Cunard have announced that three queens will be heading to Oz. Oh, how fantastic, isn't it? Um, (laughs) So for the 2023-2024 season, we've got all three of the current ships and service coming down to Australia. Uh, Queen Elizabeth obviously is uh, much loved in Australian waters, so she'll be doing a 105-day season down here in Australia. Um, and then uh, Queen Mary II and Queen Victoria will also be um, making calls here during, they, during their world cruises, um, yeah. which will be uh, wonderful to see them back again. And that, that really does, I think, does make it feel very much like things are going back to the way they should be because yeah. the Cunard ships have been coming to Australia on their world cruises uh, since QE2 started doing world cruises uh, in the 1970s, so it's nice to see them back. Yeah, and Kinnard's lo- also lovely. given a bit of... Oh, sorry, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it'd be lovely to see a royal rendezvous in Sydney Harbour at some point in the future as well. And maybe we may oh, see it when yeah. Queen Anne comes into service uh, down the track. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine all, f- all four of them um, in, in a port together would be quite a spectac- spectacle to, to witness. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a little bit of when P&O did the, the five ships in S- Sydney, yep. but they did most of that. Um, out off the heads, so they were sailing together, and then they yeah. sailed in, in in tandem. Cunard could could potentially do something similar, um, but Queen Anne, as you mentioned, she's you know well underway at uh, Fincantieri, and um, they have just given a little update here from Cunard that uh, the ship's uh, maiden season will see a call to um, more than thirty two ports on on her voyages, which will be from Southampton, um, yeah. and her maiden trip will be to Lisbon. So Cunard's, mm. uh, you know, Cunard did the four, sh- uh, the three ship rather spectacular in Lisbon back in 2014. And now they're going to send Queen uh, Anne there on her maiden voyage. Great news. And as you say, Cunard keep dropping lots of little information about Queen Anne. She does uh, look spectacular. We, uh, acknowledged last week that they're upping the premium accommodation on board Queen Anne with uh, a higher allocation of those beautiful uh, staterooms and suites. So uh, she'll be a beautiful ship, I am sure. Mm. Let's stay with the Carnival Corporation, but this time with Holland America. They've added a second ship to the Australia cruise season. Yes, the Westerdam will be joining Australia uh, for her cruise season starting in um, autumn of 2022. Um, so it's uh, kickstarting in uh, September, and it will sail with us all the way through to the thirteenth uh, of March. And uh, yeah, not exactly. in Australia, though, bad, but also taking in um, some ports in New Zealand and also Southeast Asia. Exactly. Um, so we do have the Nordam that was always here, and I did question last in last week's podcast whether the Westerdam was replacing her or whether she was additional. <laughs> uh, but it did come back that she is definitely additional. And since then, we've had a, the full list of itineraries. So we start on the eighth of November with a round trip from Sydney. Uh, we've got other itineraries which are Sydney to Auckland and vice versa. And then in early June, she will be heading Sydney to Singapore. Um, I believe she has a little bit of a dry dock there, and then she then mm. continues throughout Asia with some round trips in Singapore. Uh, Singapore up to Tokyo, and ultimately the Collector's Voyage, which we'll see her heading back to Alaska. Fantastic. Also here in Australia, Carnival Cruise Lines have announced the first sailing of Carnival Splendor. Yes, so that's going to be wonderful. Carnival's obviously had a a long um, connection to Australia since they started sailing here um, with their own ships uh, well before um, the pandemic. So it's been a long time that they've, uh, they've been operating here, and now they're coming back. Um, 2nd of October will be the first voyage in the, uh, in the new 
uh, cruise season. And it's a three-day getaway mm. cruise on board Splendor, so that would be really nice. Yeah, she's a she's a beautiful ship. I was on her inaugural. Uh, color schemes uh, a little bit to takes a little bit to get used to when you first get on board, but uh, she, you do do and so, and she's got some great amenities. Lime green and pink. Who'd have thought? Well, I imagine that's what they're thinking for Queen Anne as well. <laughs> Joking, of course. Please. Now there is lots of um, speculation um, around the, the kind of cruise forums, I guess that. Um, we might be getting a different ship replacing Spirit in Australia. Now, I've had no confirmation from Carnival at all. It is just the jungle drums that are saying that the the Costa ship, which is currently being converted to a Carnival ship, uh, may be heading to Australia. So it'll be interesting to see if that does uh, come into the news in the future. But also staying with Carnival, this week they celebrated the complete restart of the entire fleet. And I believe that's the first of the major American cruise lines to do so. So we've got Carnival Splendor. She uh, sailed out of Seattle um, and has been the the 23rd Carnival ship to resume cruising. And uh, she's heading up uh, through Alaska. And there's lots of celebrations on board to to take that in as well. Goodness. History time, you know, if you just think about back to when Carnival started at the beginning of their their career, it was one converted ocean liner that ran aground on its maiden voyage. uh, And all the critics said that the company wouldn't make it. And now 23 ships and it's... uh, the, so I suppose the, the the jewel and the crown of the Carnival Corporation, so much as it's the the, na- the naming namesake rather. Now, from a completely different scale, we're staying in Australia, of course, but uh, this time we heard from Penant Cruises that the beautiful, iconic, three-masted yacht Le Penant, she's coming to Australia, Chris. She is. She's going to cruise the Kimberley Bows. So what are you, what are you uh, what are you doing when she's here? <laughs> well, actually, I had the the pleasure of inspecting her in Nice quite a few years ago, and completely mm. fell in love with her. Oh, she wow. is very very unique. Um, but even since I've seen her, they've actually stripped her back to the mare metal. They've doubled the size of the staterooms and reduced the capacity by half. So wow. what I saw those years ago is going to be even better. And what they're doing in the Kimberley just takes it to the next level. They're actually partnering yeah. with Paspali Pearls. Mm. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware, they've got this vintage German Mallard flying boat, which is very much mm. a pure aviation uh, streak. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be using her to take them to and from their embarkation points and wow. then digitally throughout the cruise to take them to Paspardi's Pearl operations in Curry Bay. So it's going to be very different to what's available up in the Kimberley right now, and I think it will tick a lot of boxes for a lot of people. And that's going to be between April and uh, October, isn't it, 2023? Yeah, and she's actually additional to uh, Le Soleil and La Perouse, which are, of course, the, the two ships that are generally home-ported in Australia for the Kimberley season. So to Beautiful. go from strength to strength, have the third, but also have the, the flagship, Le Penance, and uh, a new splendor sailing around here is uh, incredible. Well done. Fantastic. Now, uh, Princess have announced that uh, they've just... Uh, brought three additional ships back to service. We're talking about the Island Princess, the Royal Princess, and the Crown Princess. Chris, what are they up to? Yes, yeah, so the Royal Princess has already departed. Uh, she set sail from Vancouver on the 2nd of May and is off to see the glaciers uh, as part of her uh, Alaska season. Uh, Crown Princess is also now at sea. Um, as of and, today, while we're recording, yes. Yes, exactly. She would Well, maybe American time, she's just, just boarding her passengers <laughs> um, <laughs> as we record this um, for her um, Inside Passage Alaska voyages. And Island Princess has been in service for a little bit longer than the others. She actually departed Fort Lauderdale on the 27th of April and has undertaken a Panama Canal transit. 
Brilliant. And Princess expects all 15 ships to be back into operation by September of this year. So the the, the ramp up and the restart is definitely very much underway and uh, accelerating very, very quickly. And we're also seeing a whole heap of new ships coming into the market and uh, new ships into new markets for the first time. And we're, of course, talking next about Wanderer Seas arriving for its European debut in Barcelona. Yes, absolutely. So it's, uh, you know, a new member of the Royal Caribbean fleet. Um, I really enjoyed my trip trips on Royal, um, Royal Caribbean Baz, but I think that uh, this ship here, it just seems to take it to another level. Uh, yeah. Being, you know, the scale and size of it, um, which is fantastic. But she's the latest in the Oasis class, uh, and she's off on a Mediterranean voyage. Uh, she'll be undertaking seven-night cruises um, from Barcelona and from Rome. Yeah, she does a double embarker. First sailing will be tomorrow, uh, uh, as we're recording this, 8th of May. And uh, it's funny, when these Oasis-class ships came out, everybody said nobody would ever see them anywhere other than the Caribbean because no mm. no ports could take them. But, of course, we're now seeing them in Europe, and it's great to see these, these mega ships, but incredibly well-designed and thought out yeah. uh, regarding passenger flow and things, uh, doing very, very well in other parts of the world as well. well I remember when I, when I first uh, went on um, Enchantment of the Seas, many years ago and thinking how what well, the scale of this ship and the, the amenities on board was very impressive and then um checked out uh explorer and she was even bigger and then mm-hmm. um ovation when she's even bigger yep. and this the scale of i mean we actually birthed an aurora behind the oasis of the seas um uh, in in barcelona actually interestingly enough oh, yeah. in 2019 and when, when we left the ship and we were driving past it's like aurora could actually be slid into the central park area on board <laughs> um the oasis class it's so the scale is just something that blows your so mind so wide isn't it yeah i yeah. know it's 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 remarkable um so yeah that's definitely one on my on my list to try out Baz. Excellent. Now, uh, of course, the next brand was once a part of the royal family. They are no longer, but they're going in great strides as Azamara officially um, brings in Azamara onward into the family. Yeah, so they've got a four-ship fleet now, onward being their, their newest uh, edition. Um, so the um, president of Azamara led the, the christening ceremony, um, and Beth Santos is the founder of uh, a global community and uh, lifestyle brand wonderful uh is the yeah, I think we spoke about sure. her a couple of weeks ago yeah actually. we did we did we covered that a little while ago um so yeah that's um fantastic to have a, a new ship and a new design in the azamara fleet of ships yeah i think they're hinting that there is uh, more ships potentially in the pipeline with their the new ownership structure as well which mm. will be great for azamara all round um next up we're heading to the uk we've got fred olsen they've unveiled a handcrafted program of itineraries for 23 and 24 yes uh, that's true baz and um you know an, a revitalized fleet for fred olsen as we've spoken about before with the two new ships that have replaced uh, two of their older um uh, former uh cruise ships but this particular program it looks really interesting and it's uh, it's quite norway centric and includes an opportunity to see the famous lagerfoss waterfall in the spring uh which mm. will be well in the northern spring which will be really very cool um and uh the durations of the trips go from two to 93 nights there's all sorts of different options that are available of course not all of them are going to go um uh, to see the waterfall but there's a, a variety of different departures and uh, and ports that you can take in on their new spring program. Yeah, 
I love how um, Fred Olsen really do well in the, the regional ports of the UK. Of course, they've got departures coming from Liverpool, mm. Newcastle, Ross, Southampton, Dover, London, Tilbury, and Belfast. And yeah. uh, also got fly cruise programs as well for the oh. Caribbean winter months. Yeah. Did you know Bremer? She's been based in Caribbean, in the Caribbean rather. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah. So she'll be doing um, uh, trips there, which is fantastic. And Bremer is a, is a, maybe we should do a history on her. She's another. She's a small small ship with a with a very interesting past. So a really interesting ship to 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 go on board. Okay, let's lock that in for next week. Bremer, okay. it is for um, maritime Bremer. history. She's a smaller <laughs> ship, but she was smaller when she started her career. So there's a little uh, a little uh, hint for people to mull over over the next week. <laughs> and last but by no means least, uh, Quark Expeditions have announced the uh, they've officially started the 2022 Arctic season. Yes, they have. And the new ship, of course, uh, the Ultramarine, which mm-hmm. is uh, undertaking this uh, Arctic voyage. Um, and it goes to a, a variety of regions, um, Greenland, the Canadian High Arctic, um, and Spitsbergen. Yeah. Oh, well done, Quark. It's uh, great to see everything from the, the big mega ships that we were talking about with Royal Caribbean down to the intimate expedition ships. And, of course, even the uh, tiny uh, boutique yacht of Loponant, all featured in this week's news. And we encourage any cruise line that's not getting their news in to send yeah. it through. They can uh, reach out and contact me by the website. And uh, we'd love to include more and more, particularly river cruises. We don't get an awful lot of news from the river cruise lines, do we? No, we have reached out to, to as many as we can find, but yeah. you know, we don't get an awful lot from river cruising. We, we don't hear all that much from, from Costa or from um, uh, AIDA um, and, and any other brands uh, who are interested in, in sharing their news, please, because, of course, we've got so many listeners from so many different parts of the world. Um, it doesn't have to just be Australian or European uh, cruise lines. Exactly. It can be cruises that operate anywhere. We've got, we've, we've got listeners everywhere, which is a fantastic thing about podcasting. Um, exactly. You can get that that um, breadth of um, interest. And one thing I should say about the Quark Expeditions uh, comment that we just had is that uh, that season actually commenced on the third of May, so it's well underway now. Ah, brilliant! Excellent news. Mm-hmm. Well done to all. Um, Chris, I think that's all we've got in the cruise news section. Have you got anything bubbling away on the horizon? Have you got any lecture gigs that might be coming up on cruise ships in the near future? Um, yeah, well, I, we're starting to get offers now, which is exciting for, for lecture trips coming up on ships that will be in Australia um, because they're potentially a while off and uh, nothing is sort of completely confirmed yet. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that up my sleeve just for now. Ooh. But in the not-too-distant future, I should be uh, returning to sea and, uh, of course, again, very, very excited at the prospect of uh, – seeing cruise ships starting to depart from Australian ports and you just look at this news and you think, well, we're finally now at a point where we're catching up with the rest of the world, Baz. Exactly, exactly. And uh, once this first ship departs with P&O Australia, we'll be very quickly into our main season and we'll have all the international ships coming back and uh, it'll be like, it'll feel like we, we've never had these last two years. We'll be, be busy and everybody will be uh, celebrating the fact that they're out on holiday yeah. at sea. Hopefully we've learned a bit as a, as a people over the last two years, of, you know, coming together, tolerance, looking after each other, and we can uh, learn from that and make it better going forward. And actually, on, yeah. that, on that note, Baz, I, um, probably the most relevant change for me recently is that whilst I'm still here on the podcast and still doing um, the YouTube videos, of course, but I have left uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I'm no longer on those two platforms myself. Of course, the podcast still has a presence there, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I no longer do, and I know a few people have been reaching out to ask uh, if everything's okay. 
So I actually have a video on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash chrisframeofficial. Um, it's the one that has a um, illustrated drawn um, thumbnail, which was actually drawn by a very uh, famous illustrator, Jason Chatfield, who does the Ginger Megs cartoons. He very kindly mm -hmm. um, did my thumbnail illustration for me because he's also left um, uh, Facebook and um, Instagram. And if anyone's interested as to why I've done that, um, they can check that video out there. Absolutely. It's uh, it's deep, uh, the reasons that you left. And I'm <laughs> yes, glad that you're making a, a statement to say exactly why, because uh, it does need to be heard and people need to be aware of what is going on uh, behind the scenes with uh, some of the uh, social media companies and some of the stances that people are having to take. And uh, yeah, to be honest, I probably wouldn't be on social media if I didn't need to be for work as well. So well done, yeah. well done, mate. What's one of the fascinating things that's, that's kind of come out of the whole thing is that um, being able to you take a step back from my from personal reasons or being angry at them or whatever, but when you actually go and look at all the different social media channels and all the different ways you can communicate and contact with people, and then you go, well, what's actually my core um, way to connect? And for me, the podcast, the website, and the YouTube channel yeah. are the three that are the most meaningful. So even without the reasons behind why I left, um, the, the meta platforms particularly, um, you know, if you actually can focus on the ones that mean the most to you, I've actually found in that time I'm getting more meaningful comments. We're getting better better views, better engagement. I could spend more yeah. time talking to you about the podcast. The website's getting updated more regularly because you just don't have to be trying to be in 50 different places at once. Yeah, less um, clutter. So, yeah, sometimes that's healthy for people. Other people really thrive on it. I mean, I know um, co colleagues of ours, um, Barry, like you know, Emma, for example, who we've spoken to a number yep, of times. yep. She's just going great guns on all the social media, and that's wonderful for her, but it doesn't have to be that way for everybody. So different people have different takes on it, and that's okay. Yep, no, I agree. And your YouTube always does exceptionally well. So uh, whether they listen to that video that you just mentioned there or they go back through your archives and find something that appeals to them and answers some of their questions, we encourage everybody to get through to Chris's uh, YouTube channel. And, of course, the link is always in the show notes as well. Actually, Baz, you know what? The other day... Um, a friend of mine sent me a link to my video that I did back at the beginning of the pandemic where I interviewed Bill Miller, maritime historian, about the impact that the pandemic will have on cruising and how it will restart. Oh, yeah. And if you listen to that, it's about two years old now, but it's in the, it's in the back catalogue on the YouTube channel. Bill gets it pretty much 100% right in how it slowly restarted. There was a few blips, then it, they tried again, new regulations, then, then it opened up in phases. He just predicted it perfectly <laughs> simply from studying the way that other disasters in cruising and maritime history had impacted the way the industry wow. operates. He was able to basically predict how it came back. So it's fascinating to listen to. It's a two-year-old video, yeah. but it's like, oh, wow, that's actually what happened in 2021. <laughs> Wow, I'm going to dig it out this evening and have a yeah, yeah, have totally. a rewatch. Yeah, cool, excellent. I <laughs> love it. Right, love your mate. work, Chris. Uh, always Thanks a pleasure so to have you on the show, mate. And uh, we look forward to doing it all again next week. Take care, everyone. If, like me, you're not a great fan of fast fashion and you prefer to do things uh, a little bit more sensitively, if you can, all of our Big Cruise podcast merchandise is uh, sourced using only organic cotton, produced using only green energy, and there is zero plastic used in any of the process or packaging. Um, it's a great alternative to uh, buying a cheap souvenir t-shirt. 
You can buy merchandise with the big Cruise Podcast logo, or you can design your own. Simply jump on. We've got a whole heap of different uh, designs, different styles of clothing as well. And once again, it's all organic, it's all green energy, and there's zero plastic in the whole production. You'll find the link to how to do that in uh, the show notes for each and every episode, but just jump on the website, the Big Cruise Podcast, and look in the top right-hand corner. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.